there's something in me that the world needs. That's just my fundamental belief. There is something in me, there is something in you, there is something in all of our magnificence that has been placed there. Our purpose is to bring that forth in the service of other people. Magnificence is the boundless expanse of being, a liberation from limitation. It is the embodiment of authenticity where you shed the shackles of self-doubt, shame, and imposter syndrome. Here, worthiness flourishes like a vibrant garden where you have the power to determine your actions, destinations, and your closest relationships. In the realm of magnificence, creative individuality takes center stage. Your greatness is acknowledged, celebrated, and nurtured. Gone are the days of mindless conformity or fitting in just to keep the peace. This show and your host, Patricia Linder, are here to guide you as you align with your authentic design, leading the way to a life of purpose and fulfillment. Magnificence is not some unreachable peak or distant dream. It's inside you, waiting to shine brighter than you ever thought possible. Welcome to your magnificence. Hello and welcome to another episode of Magnificence, the empowerment podcast that strikes a match and shines the light on its guests. And today I have with me the amazing and magnificent Ryan Hartley. Hello and welcome to the show, Ryan. Oh, so good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. It's such a pleasure and an honor to have this conversation with you. Mm. Before we dive into all the good stuff that we are going to talk about, I would love to introduce you to the audience in a couple of sentences and feel free to add whatever I miss out on. So Ryan Hartley is the founder and heart and mind behind Always Better Than Yesterday, which is UK's leading heart-centered leadership, coaching and consultancy. He's the heart-centered coach consultant and community leader and his mission is to develop heart-centered leaders, heart-centered teams, organizations and communities. And he's also the host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, which is great. And so welcome again to the show and uh, it's such a pleasure to have you. Did I miss out on anything? Yeah, I think one of the most important things is I'm a teller of dad jokes. You know, that's the important oh. bit. <laughs> I didn't no, know that. I no, didn't I, know. I'm joking with you. I, I'm a teller of dad jokes. I'm a father of two, husband to one. And uh, yeah, from the southwest of England. But yeah, thank you for that nice introduction. So as this is always looking at your magnificence through the lens of human design, I would love to ask you, so... Your company is always better than yesterday and you have a podcast around this. And I think this is an amazing title. And uh, throughout last week, I thought about this amazing title because isn't it something that we really should try to be always better than yesterday and to constantly become better at what we do, at who we are. And I don't know if I got it right. So now I have you with me and I would love to ask you, what was your idea behind creating Always Better Than Yesterday? Well, in the early days, you know, I was um, somewhat, I had a career within policing and, and as I went through my leadership development journey, I, I had the opportunity to train as a coach. And I had my own coach um, <clears throat> run me through an exercise around what was important to me about being a coach. And I just wrote these words down in 2017. I just 
love helping people be better than they were yesterday. And I've not really shaken those words. And um, uh, a good friend of mine, Sean, we had a, we had a conversation. He was a good mentor of mine. And and within a couple of weeks of of having that conversation, I'd started the this community that I was creating, and I gave it the name of "We Are Always Better Than Yesterday." So it's it's always been an idea of uh, a community, really. And a few you know a few months in, you know, my wife was like. Why do I need to be better? Like, is it not just enough that I fed the kids, t- the house is tidy? Why do I need to be better as well? And I guess that forced me to be clear on what it is that I really mean by being better than yesterday. And a lot of the, a lot of the world have been convinced that they need to do more and have more in order to be more, to be better. If I do more and I have more, then maybe the world would see me as better. So I don't think it's about performing. I don't think it's about striving. I don't think it's about you know, killing ourselves to be better. I think being better is not the cost of love, but the result of love. I think when we can fuel our heart and our mind and our hands, our work with love, then showing up in that spirit, what I call a heart set, doing our heart work. So being who we were made to be, doing what we were born to do. I think being better is just the natural result. And not only do we become better by doing that, but we actually leave everyone we interact with better as well. So I think I think I've really hit a master key really to life, which is that when we when when we bring more heart centered leadership to the world, being better than yesterday is the ripple effect. It is the result. And and I call that a heart print. Yeah. I love that. So it's all around heart and it goes so well with your name. Right? Destiny. This is I, yes. you know. <laughs> I, I, so I just thought about that when I dove into Always Better Than Yesterday and I read about the heart print and we are going to talk about that later. And I thought, hey, and his name is Ryan Hartley. Isn't that great? Yeah. Stepping into my destiny. Yes. (laughs) And maybe this is a good point in time to step into your human design chart and look at it because maybe we can read things that are fully in alignment with with what you do and who you are. And therefore, I need to share the screen. And here we go. And I am so happy that I have you with me because you are a projector and they are sort of rare. Um, I didn't have lots of projectors on the show yet. And so... um, I was really happy to see that you are a projector. And for all of those who don't know about projectors, um, I would love to talk a little bit about the projector thing. What What is a projector all about? And so just in general, and this is really generally speaking, projectors uh, have this exquisite energy around them. They could literally translate energy and speak energy and um, they are a natural guide. They are organizers and leaders. And so no wonder that you train leaders to become heart-centered leaders and leave a heart print. So you are a leader yourself and you are here to be recognized for who you are and to help guide other energy types. So all the other types, the generators, the manifesting generators, the manifestors and the reflectors in the most effective way because you have those CEO qualities and also you have this deep penetrating aura around you which allows you to hone in and ask deep and insightful questions. 
And I bet you do that whenever you are on your podcast, you are on your show, and whenever you guide leaders to become better heart-centered leaders. And so this is just the general information about, about a projector. Just in a nutshell, I could talk about hours about that. Um, but um, Ryan, just talking about the characteristics of a projector I would love to learn your own perception. Is that what resonates with you? How do you sense, yes, I'm a projector, or no, this is BS, I don't feel like I'm a projector? Yeah, what really um, kind of gave me new awareness and insight when I first looked at my, my profile was this need for rest. Mm. Like the... Um, the projector, I think, is, is the rest is really important, and I, and I wonder whether that's because of it so being energetically connected and with others and yeah. taking on and and yeah, I think that was really really powerful. And just understanding for me, the most powerful thing was that um, having to understand like just where where I go with my time and with my effort, waiting for that invitation, like because I I, I think. My wounds from the past have always been, you know, I've been judged for you know, working in a policing and a, a hierarchy um, where senior leaders sat around with my social media profile when I, when I was starting to talk about leadership at the very beginning. People would say, you know, what the f does Ryan Hartley know about leadership? So that kind of like put a little wound in me where I was a little bit kind of scared to have to try and convince anybody that this is the right thing to do. So for me, I, I kind of wrestled and put that to bed by just going where... I knew if I have to convince anybody that heart-centered leadership is 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 the right thing to do, then I'm in the wrong room. Yeah. And then to see that played back within my my profile, actually say that, ah, brilliant, that's a bit of alignment. Go where I'm invited. Go where people want more of this and just help them scale it. So that, that's powerful for me. Yeah. I love what you said and what you touched upon. And I want to share the screen again because you talked about wrist and you talked about being recognized and being invited. And so when you look at your chart, and thank you so much for uh, passing this ball to me, because I just said this general um, characteristics around a projector, and specifically looking at your chart, but all the projector charts, but yours specifically. So the wrist part comes from... So you were so right because you are totally engaged with people. You pull in all the energy and you you um, tune into their energetic field so that you download what's going on for them. So this is part of why you always need to go back into your cave and rest and relax and replenish. Another thing is you have this open sacral center and all projectors have the open sacral center so you don't so there is no um, constant consistent energy that comes from within um, and you only feel successful when you are in a circle of people in a team of people that can pass this energy to you or um, allow you to tap into their um, consistent energy and the other thing you talked about, uh, you needing to be seen and invited. And I think 
one major thing for projectors is they need to train their self-consciousness and really feel like they are worthy and they have this value. And you talked about you maybe not being uh, okay or good enough to um, do this leadership thing. So really standing in your power and in your magnificence. Because when people do not recognize you and do not see you for who you are, then projectors tend to feel like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. There is this bitterness and then they start doing all the stuff by themselves, maybe forcing what they want to bring into the world and then they burn out. Um, and they are here to... to Uh, maybe build a team of people and to have um, generators and manifesting generators around them that do the work and you just bring those amazing ideas to the table and the others uh, do the work for you. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So you resonate with that. Yeah. 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 I, I you know, I am. Um... When I first left the police to run noise betting yesterday full time, I sat in this office. I was like, All right, just me then. <laughs> I love leading teams. I love being around people. So, so you know that I that part of running a business where it was just me was 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 you know less than fulfilling. It was tiring, and I certainly missed the um, I missed the uh, team leadership aspect of it, which I guess is why I have you know group coaching programs, which is why I have mm. um, you know weekly meets with 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 the people that come and share in this journey of heart-centered leadership because it gives me the ability to surround myself with people and to pour into them. Yeah, now I would love to ask you because you said you changed careers. Mm -hmm. So oh, was it easy for you? Was it a spontaneous decision? Was there this hunch that you should do that? Um, and I don't know if you know why I asked that. I just want to Yeah. To ask you that way, how did this go for you? Well, the the short story is it's both a long uh, process, but also spontaneous. So, you know, if I take you back to my childhood, about 15, I, I definitely watched far too many crime documentaries. I wanted to be a criminal profiler. So off I went off to university to do psychology. Uh, my wife and I have been together since we were at school, so 15 years old. And by the time I finished university, she's like, right, time to get a job. We need to move out. So I couldn't stay in academia for all my entire life. I had to get a job and she was already working at the local police force. So I joined there too uh, as a 999 call handler and dispatcher. Great job, great introduction, great amount of responsibility for someone so young at 21. I dealt with some incredible things and, and really learned a lot, but I, it wasn't sustainable. Shift work wasn't really compatible with lifestyle. So I did a variety of different organizational development roles, um, particularly in kind of like what you describe as the left brain analytical performance improvement, organizational development. But I got pretty good at it because I didn't rely too much on the analytical side of things, but the human side of things. So about being able to influence, to be persuasive, to be able to storytell. So I was a bit of a uh, an anomaly when we come to the analytical world, shall we say, because I was probably more right brain than left brain, but capable of engaging both. Um, and it meant that I got promoted quite quickly, several times, and along with it came leadership development opportunities. And it's at that point where I fell in love with coaching. You know, when you when you start to do some things, I, I've been engaging this idea of my why, my purpose for a few years, 
and and coaching just felt like a deeper expression of that for me. It helped me express more of why I'm here, um, more than maybe say my work was doing. So I was being used to be a coach at the police um, to coach people who were a problem or wanted promotion. And for me, coaching is all about potential. So my wife was running a network marketing company. She had 300 team women in her team. So I used to come home from work and just spend every evening coaching for free for a good couple of years, right? It was a good thing and a bad thing. It was a bad thing because it took me and my wife away from each other. But it was a good thing because um, it meant that I built this little community. It meant that I knew my stuff worked and I helped a lot of people along the way. But it gave me some mindset issues. It gave me some money mindset issues. I'm working in the public sector where the belief is that there's no money. I've also done it for free, so therefore, I can I charge? And how am I going to pay my bills and my mortgage and support a family of four with it? So that's the long story, right? The short story is my friend Jonathan from America said, man, you need to burn the boats. You got to burn the boats, man. And that's what I did. I got to a point where I was like, right, it's too painful to stay. I got to go. You know, I didn't like to be judged. I didn't like being judged. I felt like my two high, two of my highest values are both belonging and authenticity. And I felt that to belong meant I had to sacrifice my authenticity. And I wasn't willing to do that. I didn't want to sacrifice myself because it wouldn't have been in belonging. It would have been fitting in. So I left. With the support of my wife, she's like, make a go for it. I'll support you. We've got this. And then I had three months to turn effectively what was no income into a income. And that's where my master heart of mind started. Um, you know, 12 heart center leaders joined me on this journey of what it means to be a heart center leader. Um, and that gave me the ability to start paying my bills, running always better than yesterday full time, having run it from 2017. So I left, I started it in 2017 and I left to run it full time in 14th of February, Valentine's Day, 2020, mm-hmm. six weeks before Boris locked us down. And I think if I'd ever, if I'd known that that was going to happen, if I knew the pandemic was coming, I think I would have stayed because I'm, I think I value safety and security. Like I get to do my best work when I'm not worrying about not having what I need. It's a big part of my lesson and my life teaching around heart set is knowing that we have all that we need. And I think that if I'm made to feel like I'm la- I lack something in, in any way, then I start to lead for love rather than from love. Nice. There are so many golden nuggets in what you said, and I don't know where I should start. But first of all, I love both of the stories and just going back to your chart. Um, the second one, the spontaneous one, is so aligned with your um, authority. And I want to touch upon this because your uh, authority, that is the place where you make your decisions for all of you who watch the show and do not know about what an authority is, so a splenic authority is rare and only manifestors or projectors can have this authority. And that's why I really wanted to touch this part when I talked to you. And you said, so it was both. It was a long-term journey, but it was a spontaneous decision where someone said, so a friend of yours said, we need to burn the boats. And then you left and... When I'm in, I'm in. Why the decision like is go, we're going. <laughs> You're going. And so this is the spleen center and your authority as uh, these two are not defined, 
your authority is splenic, that means there's a lot of animal instinct in this spleen center. There is a lot of spontaneity in this center. So you know what is healthy and what is not. You know what makes you survive and what not. Um, and the most important lesson for those who have a splenic authority is trust these hunches because oftentimes they're really quiet and they don't repeat themselves. Um, and so oftentimes mind comes in and wants to tell you, oh, don't do that. That's not safe. <laughs> um, but trust those quiet hunches and instincts and, um, I don't want to say do not listen to your mind because I think it's always mind and heart and you said this and I want to uh, talk about that with you later um, because you talk about mindset and heart set. Um, so we do not want to, excuse me. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. But I think we have to get to the point where they, the mindset is in service of the heart set, not yeah. the other way around. Yeah. So we do not want to um, exclude the mind because yeah. without the mind uh, it doesn't work as well or it doesn't work either so this is what i wanted to say about your decision making process which is spontaneous um and which is like this animal instinct really again very exquisite very fine-tuned and you talked about you building this um business this coaching business and this leads me to a channel, which is this channel, mm -hmm. the channel between your will center and your spleen center. And it is, so the numbers are 2644, and it's called the, cent, uh, the channel of surrender. It's the design of a transmitter, and it is someone who has a gift so i say this is the entrepreneurial channel i would love to have it in my chart i don't you have it in your chart uh, it is someone who has the instinct for knowing how to present anything to anyone um, in such a way that you are recognized and that your service is recognized that your message is recognized um, and the most important thing with this channel is wait until the right people find you and do not force, do not chase people uh, because you have it all, you have it, you know it because it is really connected to the spleen and it's connected to your willpower and it's someone who is able to talk in a way, who is able to do the right things in a right way so that the right people find you. And this is what I just wanted to stress as you talked about you building this business um, and I would love to ask an additional question because nowadays I meet a lot of people who are on this entrepreneurial road and journey, um, and they are told a lot of things and maybe, you know, what I talk about, those cookie cutter approaches to building your business and you spend a lot of money and then you do not succeed, um, what is your experience when it comes to building a heart-centered business that at the same time um, nourishes you and lets you pay your bills in this 3D reality? Yeah, it, it's definitely a, um, a dichotomy I have to walk very carefully because 
the cookie cutters are following a marketing manual that leads to people's lack. They'll read Robert Cialdini's influence and they'll go, oh, look at all these human fallibilities and shortcuts. If I just say these things, do these things and offer a short time scale and make them feel like they lack and that the solution to their product is, you know, do you have a coach? If not, you're inadequate. You know, it, it's, it's that, right? So trying to avoid those lack tactics, but also understanding what does it mean to actually express and communicate to people that they have all that they need. You don't need me. You don't need my services, but if you'd like, so it's a difficult message, right? To try and articulate how do you how do you express to someone that you can absolutely help, you know, someone within. And for me, those two words are in transformation and possibility. You know, you can help make things possible for people, and therefore it becomes a journey of exploration together. But but for me personally, I've I've come to this belief that my job is not to convince anybody, but to put out the Batman signal. So it's exactly what you've just said about my profile, which is about having it out there in, if I, the bit I can control is how I express myself, how I communicate, you know, all the things I put out there as an expression of who I am and how I can help and trust that that energetically will speak to the people who need it. You know, someone once said to me, most people are in the pursuit of love. They're in the search of love. So if you're putting out a Batman signal of love, if you're putting out a frequency of love, guess what they're looking for? You. They're looking for you and your services. So for me, it's about you know becoming the living embodiment, the expression of love. I'm a follower of Jesus. That's not something I ever wish uh, would have thought I'd ever have said. Um, there's a there's an irony to the word surrender, which I can go into in a minute if you if you'd like to. But but for me, it's about, uh, you know, by the fruits of my spirit, I'll be known. And it, it's about if I can continue to show up and walk in that embodiment of love, um, using my gifts and my skills and my talents as a way of facilitating that, you know, healing another part of the body, shall we say, the wider body. There's something in me that the world needs. That's just my fundamental belief. There is something in me. There is something in you. There is something in all of our magnificence that has been placed there. Our purpose is to bring that forth in the service of other people. And um, I think Peter says, um, the gifts and the skills and the talents that we have, they're meant for those in the world who need it. And, and that's hard work. So once we realize that uh, you know the business is a vehicle of bringing forward my magnificence in the service of other people so that I can encourage and equip them to bring forth theirs, and then, then so goes the ripple effect. We need each other. I love it. I totally love it. And I could listen to you for... A very long time because whatever you say is so inspiring. Um, and yeah, when we first met, we talked about this this lack marketing. And when coaches tell you you need to to talk to people in that way that they need you and that they just see you are the only solution to their problem. I don't like that. I would love to be a mentor um, that helps them maybe go on a path for a yeah. while and then yeah. they can do it all by themselves um it's, it's a paradox isn't it you know because it's you know i've interviewed wonderful people like you know dr bruce lipton and in a big part of his work is that um it's all within you it's all you know it's you don't need anything outside you it's, it's your belief that matters most about the things it's not because because much of our society we've outsourced We've outsourced our happiness to a meal through a drive-through. We've outsourced our beauty to a product. We've outsourced our energy to a drink, and we've outsourced our health to a pharmaceutical. You know, 
and and uh, and, a, and an establishment that actually is is such a disservice to our true, you know, power and our magnificence because it it does lie within. But that on the flip side of that, sometimes we need people to reflect that back to us. Yeah. If you imagine light, I think there are some influence out there, influences that want the light to go towards them. They want to be seen as the authority. They want to be seen as the pedestal. They want to be the one seen doing all this great stuff, right? And that's fear, that's lack, that's ego. There are other people who know and believe in love, abundance, all is well, and they make the effort to point the power back to them within, you know? I think Jesus even said that, you know, of all the things I'll do, you'll do even greater things. And I think that's that's what it means. We, We know that as a parent, that our children will go on and do great things. And even as a coach, I, I will experience people that I interact with go on and do even bigger and better things, maybe bigger and better things than, than I go on to do. And, and that's great because it's not about ego. It's about all playing a part in the, in the I guess, the tapestry, the mosaic of life. There are 8 billion people on this planet. And I think, I think this, if I think about that, it, two words come up. Humility. It's like, don't get too big for your boots because you are one in 8 billion. But then there's a responsibility because the the mosaic remains incomplete. The puzzle remains incomplete if I don't place myself in that mosaic. There is something I uniquely have that the world's big picture remains incomplete if I don't place it. So it's humility and responsibility. I love that. And you totally touched me with what you said because this is the heart and soul of magnificence. Yes. Everything that goes with magnificence, I decided that I want to stand for magnificence and create a movement around magnificence. But this does not mean that someone is better than another person or that they outshine someone. Yes. It's standing in your power, contributing in this mosaic, as you said. Um, but also um, being humble and um, um, just knowing that you can't go um, in, in in a position where you are too big. Yeah, well, or I, one of so many. I interviewed a guy called Dane here, and he has a he has a wonderful word for rather than the mosaic, he calls it a symphony. Yeah, and one of the things that then makes me think about magnificence is that there's a unique frequency that I'm supposed to bring to its fullest expression. Like that's all I'm supposed to do is to make that most beautiful sound, that fullest expression of who I am, and then I become in a harmony. Some some musical words here. So my frequency makes a lovely harmony with those around me, and then when contributed to the bigger world, symphony. Like that's that's what we're here to do is to contribute our frequency to the symphony. That is great. That is great. I I want to keep that in mind. So because this is really this is so true. Yeah, it is such a great word uh, to but use. It, yeah, but but it, but it means it is exactly what you've just said. Is that my magnificence of my frequency doesn't cancel yours out. It just means that we're in harmony. Right. Absolutely. And you talked about surrender, and I don't want to forget about this. Yeah. Well, for years I didn't. For many, many years, I was a man of science, man of intellect, man of trying to figure out life and its meaning. And I have a few wounds from my childhood, which means that I don't generally ask for help or rely on other people. I generally would have been a young lad that would have gone, gone it alone, lone wolf type mentality, just as a as a fear and protection mechanism, which I've only come to learn later in life as I reflect, right? As I reflect back and I can have some compassion for that young version of me. But in my late 20s, I was 
you know, working very hard to try and get a new promotion. I was trying to build the business. My marriage was not the healthiest of places to be. Um, and it all fell apart. It all fell apart. And and so I know what happens when I don't surrender. You know, I try and make things happen and I cause myself suffering. You know, I think Sadhguru says that there is no suffering without our permission. And I certainly punished myself. I certainly suffered a lot because I tried to force life. I never used to like the phrase, it is what it is, because it, my mantra was, it will be what I make it. <laughs> and then as sooner or later, life's going to humble you and go, do you know what? Some things you can't make happen. It's not your will be done, my friend. Um, and, and in our struggles, my wife found faith. She, you know, she found a relationship with God and she wanted that for me too. And I, I was initially repelled by the idea. She said, you need to read this Bible because I feel differently about you. I was like, not a chance. But anyway, we, we, we started to make amends. I went to this kind of Christian festival, which I thought I'd be spending my time with like 40,000 Ned Flanders. I thought it'd be my idea of like worst nightmare, but it was secretly incredible because I think God works in and through people. He, God God works in a way where you, if you listen, you'll hear. And it was, I was hearing through people and people being sent my way to interview on the podcast that I never really picked up on their faith, but it was very present. And then I would, you know, hear certain songs. And so the words were knocking on my heart. And then I was in a church one day. Um, which the pastor happened to be one of my school teachers. So there was a degree of familiarity and, and it was Father's Day. And the pastor said that, you know, we're going to do a nice little commissioning over you, over the men. So come down the front. I thought, oh, what's the worst that can happen? I'm a father. He'll say some nice things, right? And um, yeah, he said, that's it, women. If you want to put your hands out towards these men, then you do that. And it was like my wife firebombed me in my spine. My whole spine caught fire. Uh, my eyes just streamed. And... Um, yeah, I just went back to my wife and said, I don't want to talk about this ever again, but I feel like a child of God. And for me, I've journeyed in what that kind of means to be a child of God in terms of like, whether that be life source, nature, you know, I, I love learning about the nature of God through the work of, yes, Jesus and the Bible, but also through the Tao Te Ching, also through the works of uh, Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza, the Heart Math Institute. I think it all reveals the nature of God. And I was very fortunate enough to have a conversation with Neil Donald Walsh a couple of weeks ago, who wrote Conversations with God. So I, I've spent the last sort of four or five years trying to deepen my connection with God and trying to surrender um, in the heart-centered way to allow my words and my actions to become an expression of the divine. Uh, I don't always get that right because I'm a, I'm a fallible human being that is short of, shall we say, pure consciousness. But I, I do my best to try and get back to that chosen response rather than my chimp response. But I, I interviewed Richard Rudd so his interview's gone out on my podcast today, who's the author of Gene Keys. And in one of the Gene Keys that uh, I have within my holographic profile, it talks about how um, when we get that sense of forgiveness, when we have a moment of Christ consciousness that just overtakes the body. And I, and I just, I wonder whether those are the words that reflect what I had and whether in that moment, you know, that path between my, um, my 44 and 26, was fully established i don't know but um i certainly had a moment where i was in enlightened for a short period of time and i've been trying to walk in that way since just with a deep surrender and knowing that um i and you and we are all a living expression a fractal expression of god great great i am speechless um <laughs> and at the same time i have like seven or eight ideas on my mind um, 
And I love the way you described Sarinda. And yesterday I was on a gratitude encounter event with my dear friend Kevin Monroe. And we talked about what um, allows you to take bold actions or to not lose hope or to feel encouragement um, from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And we talked about gratitude. And then um, there were those breakout rooms. And I said, it is sort of surrendering to the process. Because when you look at things in the retrospective, mm -hmm. oftentimes things turned out so well. But being in the moment, it looked as if I needed to force this or that or I wanted to make work, work out well. And uh, it didn't work out well when being in this moment, but in retrospective, um, everything is fine. Why should we not surrender in every single moment? And so I love that you talked about this. So There's a bit yeah. where Moses questions God, does this say me? Like, who me? You want me to lead these people out of this yeah. place? And I think it's in his humility that he allowed space for God to work in him and through him. Yeah. And, and I think that's the same for us. It's like we, and that's the, the thing that I found true of my story is that I tried to make so much of my, so much stuff happen of my own accord that just didn't happen. I wasn't leaving space for miracles. I didn't believe in miracles. Therefore, I never left space for them. But as I surrender, which is the act of trust, it's not passive, it's not giving up, it's the act of trust. I trust that. You know, if I bring of myself in the service of the divine, then I will be used as a vessel to do God's great work. Um, and, and and that for me leaves space for he, she, God to. And, and here's where it might get a little bit deep and, and sometimes beyond my ability to, to articulate. But Neil Donald Walsh told me that God is of the uh, spirit world, right? We are of the manifest world, the material world. Therefore, for God to experience itself, we have to be the representation of God interacting with another representation of God. That's how it gets to understand and experience itself in relationship with other people. And, and I think that's what happens is when we leave space for the divine to work in us and through us, that's when healing becomes possible. It's when transformation becomes possible. It's when we sort of say, well, that was a miracle. No, that's just God moving. That's love moving. That is Christ consciousness moving in a way because we made space for it. We surrendered our will and made nature's will possible. And, you know, I, I guess I'll just end with um, this little bit with, with Sadhguru who says, I hope your dreams don't come true for your dreams are limited by what you can imagine. I hope even greater things happen for you. And how often is that the case? When we sit back and we surrender expectation, how much of it plays out far greater than we could ever have imagined? Yeah. And you talked about Richard Rudd, and that makes me think of my gene key. Yeah. Which is all about expectations and letting go of expectations. Yeah. Too. And it leads me to your gene key because I, so I could talk about so many things, but I, I feel that now is the time to talk about and I'm not Richard Rod, obviously, but I want to touch upon your gene key, just one gene key, which is your um, life's work. It's the conscious sun. It's the 23. And the exponent is three. The, the line is three. Um, because now it feels right to talk about that. As you mentioned, you recently interviewed Richard Rod. 
which is exciting. That's <laughs> Yeah, you felt, like it felt like I spent time in presence of a true master, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I can't do the same magic that he does, but I do my own magic. And I just want to say that um, everything we talked about so far radiates your magnificence, Ryan. Um, I couldn't have expected more in this interview and now shining the light on your conscious son, the 23, your life's work is the way of simplicity. And it makes a lot of sense when listening to your story. Um, it is going from complexity or from accumulation, inner accumulation or um, external accumulation to quintessence when it is the city. Um, but reaching simplicity in a very, and you talked about with our hearts and our hands. So for you, it is the practical way um, of using, uh, of, of reaching simplicity in your life. Uh, that means offering spaciousness to yourself and to others, um, leading simple conversations, which is not dull, but simple following natural rhythms and not overriding cycles, not forcing things, um, and letting go of everything we accumulated or that could be thoughts, that could be people, that could be um, books or stuff. Um, and you, and this is what is highly interesting, and I don't know if you read about it, if you talked about it with Richard, um, line three, is the changer. I don't know if you knew it. Um, this is the changer. Someone uh, who is learning from the gifts from uh, is is learning your is learning his gifts from life. Um, someone who oftentimes has a very colorful life. If I say it in a very positive way, I could say a chaotic life. Um, but I want to shine the light on the, the positivity and the. Depends if you're asking me or my wife. <laughs> so then it's chaotic. <laughs> yeah, okay. It would appear to be chaotic from the outside. A colorful life. A <laughs> and the more you let go of what your mind thinks is normal, um, the more you come to this embodied simplicity, lived simplicity practical simplicity and uh it doesn't let you compare we talked about this and eh, maybe i put too much into this but i wanted to say it also makes sense this not thinking about this myth of normal so there is no normalcy um you can do anything you want when it is um in your field and so you have this, so now this is so much information, but it goes yeah. so well with that. This channel, the 2343, I call it the channel of the genius. Um, it is also called the channel of um, structuring. It is, for me, it's the channel of the genius, the channel of the freak, the individual who brings something into the world, who has ideas that maybe are not from this world. And oftentimes people do not understand what it is. So again, in this, it is so important that you 
put it into simple terms or that you express it in a simple way so people can understand your genius. So a lot of information and I would love your feedback on that or maybe your ideas, your impulses that go with what I just said about your conscious son and maybe the channel. Well, I'm definitely in my shadow when I'm when I overcomplicate things, when I sit down, I think, because I because I have a real value for books. I love books. The idea of writing my own kind of makes me shudder a little bit because I'm like, oh, my, my shadow says, well, how do I get how do I get the concepts across in a way that the world understands and they're they're accurately referenced? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then I then I remember that I come back to simplicity and it's that fine balance between I think, you know, what I was talking about this with Richard is the the fine balance between the left brain, right brain, the 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 structure, the information, the logic, but also the magic. And it's just like for me that that I know that I'm at my best when the magic comes first, and then the the fit follows up. Because I, I, I when you when you talk about that channel, I think between the twenty three forty three, it's about. It's about inviting people into an experience. Yeah, that's what that's that's the simplicity of any of my message, is that those with ears will hear, and those that don't, give it a go. Yeah. So I'm either speaking to you in a way that you already know what I'm talking about because you believe it in your heart to be true, you just maybe haven't found the words for it, or you're not hearing what I'm saying. Okay, why would someone want to do this? We'll give it a go. See what happens. I will not be the I will not be the uh the guru, shall we say. You will be your own, you know. People say, Oh, trust the science, trust the science, and they forget that they are the most important data point. Go and try something and observe how you interact with that very thing. Don't look for science and studies for doing ice bath. Just get in one. If you don't like it, don't do it again. If you like it, do it again. People need to stop outsourcing stuff and figure it out. And I guess that's what I try and simplistically do is to nudge people along to trying something that hopefully leaves them better. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's interesting when you say I'm communicating something not of this world. When I first created this model over my left shoulder, it was this understanding that heart set is deeper than mindset. So mind is intellect, logic. Mind at its best is intellect, logic, planning, strategy, learning. Um, which is great. You can build a successful life with that. But at some point, life will look like something different on the outside than what it feels like on the inside. I call it the penguins of Madagascar moment, which is when you look around in your life and you go, oh, this sucks. Because you've built a life, the house, the job, the salary, that doesn't really reflect what you really care about, what's important to you. So that's why heart set for me is deeper than mindset. And I, and I, and I thought I made this model up until I read some scripture in the book of Mark, which said, love the Lord your God with all your heart or your mind or your strength and go love your neighbor, which is exactly my model, heart, mind, uh, skills, uh, and then community. So I was like, okay, cool. Like my, my ego was like fine about that because I'm like, okay, here is something I'm bringing forth that is of timeless wisdom. And I think if I can, if I can be, someone who has contributed to sharing that eternal wisdom so that they may themselves become a bit more like love and bring a bit more maybe their magnificence to the world, then um, yeah, that's maybe my life's work.
put it in a way that's such simple that there are no barriers to just being that. Definitely. Definitely. And when people want to look at what you just described in your background, they can find it on your website. This is building a bridge to asking you who and how can people, who can work with you, who, who should reach out, who uh, is your very best person to work with and what can they expect? How can they work with you? Let me, let me just tell you about the type of people I do work with. They're all heart-centered. That means they either are or they want to be. Uh, and then, you know, we have many different offerings in terms of one-to-one -one coaching, group coaching, uh, and then the consultancy side of things is when you would invite us in to support, develop your team culture to be a bit more heart-centered. Um, it's all detailed. All the information is on the website, abty.co.uk. Um, but but for me, I, I'm working with people who don't need convincing. It's they know this in the depths of their heart to be possible. Uh, maybe I'm representing something to them that they know is possible. They just aren't seeing it with their eyes. Uh, a lot of heart-centered leaders despair in work because they are made to feel like they need to shut off part of themselves or be something different in order to succeed. I think that's the problem with some cultures and some leadership is that it leads people away from their magnificence, shall we say, and they start to become cookie cutters of other people because that's what success looks like. For me, I, I'm a bit more defiant. I'm, I'm a bit more kind of uh, having people come back to themselves and being themselves as the leader. Leadership isn't rank and hierarchy and how long you've done the job. It's about who you are being whilst you are loving and serving on other people. So I think everyone can lead. Not everyone's cut out for it because it requires service. It requires sacrifice. It requires humility. It requires a complete turning up of the pyramid of, of what we thought leadership was, which is not advancement of self but advancement of others and yeah so that, that, that's an invitation if i'm speaking to your heart right now then 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 all we got to do is start a conversation you know there are so many offerings that we give that are for free whether that be our community whether that be our, our podcast start there get yourself some uh, experience of what we're like with the type of uh, questions that we pose and yeah, and if people want to journey deeper with that then it'd be an honor and privilege to walk alongside people I highly recommend really um, discovering all your offers, the free ones, and then maybe um, the deeper ones. Yeah. Um, yes, and I just I just see that we have so many things in common because whatever you express, I could say yes, 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 yeah. yes to that. Um, and um, yeah, I would love to wrap it up um, and would love to ask you one more question. Is there anything that spontaneously, and you are amazing at being spontaneous, <laughs> comes to your mind or your heart that you would love to share with people? A golden nugget, a piece of advice, um, a quote, a recommendation, anything that is really uh, dear to your heart and you want to share it now? I love the work of David Hawkins. And David said that the mind has an inherent defect in that it is a perception tool. And in order to perceive you, I must first perceive you separate from me. And therefore, the mind automatically goes to duality. I think when we connect with the heart, we understand what it means to truly be one. And when I had a conversation with Richard Rudd, he talked to me about an image 
of a uh, of a god that's on a on a wall i think in the hieroglyphs where there's lots of eyes on one uh, animal right and it symbolizes and it represents the fact that we are all part of one body that we all have our own individual magnificence in some way but we are interconnected and forever a part of the whole and that for me is what is wonderfully represented behind your back for those of you your listeners that that can maybe see this if you put this out on yeah on video form that's what it really means when we come together and realize that we are part of the whole that in some way we wait what we have is meant to be uniquely made manifest through us in the service of the whole we cannot ever be separate from the whole um and and, and that's how we find our, our wholeness and our oneness and our belonging we don't need any edi training around diversity and inclusion and equality once we have oneness and wholeness and abundance within our heart set connect with your heart set everything else will follow uh, the, the the essence of the heart set is that i lack nothing i have all that might need all is well and uh and i wish that everyone that's listening feels that in their heart right now is that you have all that you need all is well thank you and you are already magnificent you just need to discover and you gave so much more meaning to my peak, uh, this site, my peacock, which is a representation of yeah, being part of the whole, but also shining your light. Mm -hmm. um, and I thank you so much for going that deep and sharing your experiences, your wisdom, your heart-centered wisdom, and for having this amazing and magnificent conversation with me. Can I ask something else just before you go? <laughs> The, you said about shining the light, and one of the things that really represents that picture of your shoulder is that the lightness is made bright because of the darkness that surrounds it. Yeah. It really stands out, and I really get to experience the fullness of the light because of the darkness that surrounds the light. It really makes it pop, and I think that's true of all of us. Love isn't just choosing the light. Love isn't just putting our best foot forward and and this is why self-love doesn't really work because so many people are conditional with their own self-love. If you've only ever never known an earthly form of love, why would people not apply that level of uh, conditions to themselves? Love is synthesis of the light and the dark. And I think that picture behind you is, is perfect in its being because it is a wonderful balance between the light and the dark, making space for all of it. Thank you so much. Thank you for your deep thoughts, and um, I highly appreciate that. It was such a pleasure, such an honor to have this conversation with you, Ryan. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for spending your time with me and for sharing your amazing gifts, your knowledge with me and the audience. Um, I can't thank you enough, uh, and it was really amazing that you were here. Oh, I'm really grateful for you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So this was Magnificence, a great episode of Magnificence. That's what I feel. Thank you for watching this episode and I hope to see you in another episode of Magnificence where we shine the light on the magnificence of its guests and where you can feel your own magnificence. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this empowering episode. To continue this journey of aligning with your true purpose and uncovering your magnificence, schedule an illumination call with Patricia at patricialindner.com. 
please share this episode with someone who needs it and subscribe to the show on YouTube and your favorite podcasting platform. Join us again soon for another episode of Magnificence.